0: Ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says in a time like this? When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. Hey everyone, what is up? It is me, Ewan, and welcome to a new episode of the We Love Dad Movies podcast. The summer vibe season is in full swing. It is personally very hot and sweaty here, right in the northeast. I'm in a little box, the windows are shut. I'm I'm go I've got like I'm Bart Simpson Bart of Darkness right now, just kind of <laughs> but in a happier way because I'm recording the podcast and this week I'm super duper excited because we're gonna talk about The Rock, which, as you all know, is an all-timer dad movie. And with me today to talk about The Rock is a brand new guest on the podcast. Please welcome Mr. Matt Bledsoe of the Film Feast podcast.
1: Hey, 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 I'm happy to be here. Uh very excited to talk about The Rock and Dad movies, all all things that I love. So uh so excited to talk to you finally too. This is gonna be fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I've been I've been listening to Film Feast for like ever since because Dan was the guy who got me into the uh kind of like the the action the action Twitter like kind <laughs> of bubble and then there's like the other podcasting bubble which mm-hmm. I've slowly kind of like um I don't know. Think the right like way of saying this, but I've kind of like slowly expounded my my tentacles into and like (laughs) listen to now. Um, So I've got a few on the go, and film feast is one of the ones that I I really really enjoy. And I was just saying to you earlier, watch the or listen to the Last Crusade one because I've been doing my own little Indiana Jones rewatch and. Yeah, no, it's great. I guess what do you want to do? You want to introduce yourself to to everyone and tell them what you do and what Film Feast
1: is? Oh yeah, so uh, yes, my name is Matt Bledsoe. I have a podcast called Film Feast. I, it's funny because I was on a podcast last night and someone's like, "Can you give Film Feast like can you give me like a log line for it?" And I was like, "Oh crap, uh, it's not the easiest. Like, it doesn't have movies like... are tasty." Yeah, movies <laughs> are tasty. Uh, now I wish we had a gimmick like we ate food while we were on the podcast, but we don't. It's it's just <laughs> I think I just like alliteration. Um, I guess the easiest way I can describe Film Feast is that it's just a celebration of all kinds of movies all genres from all different eras um i like the randomness of it uh <laughs> right now as you mentioned we're kind of it's less random than usual because i'm doing an indiana jones series in june so we're covering all those in order but you know i'll talk about anything in any anything and everything with anybody because i have all these great guests that bring stuff to me sometimes so if we talk about this i'm like well i've never heard of that we're seeing it let's watch it um Mostly like long form conversations, sometimes very long conversations. Uh, you know, I just let it flow. I just let it go, and um, yeah, I mean it's just a really celebration of movies. Try to be positive on the show. Um, yeah, it's just a, it's just a good time. To talk about movies. That's, that's the best thing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm guessing like, why did you start Film Feast up in the first place? Was it just because you wanted to have excitable movie chats with friends?
1: I, you know what? It's a, I think a few things because it it happened like September 2020, so we're like six months into the pandemic then, and I think the I really... Yeah, <laughs> the dark times. the dark times. At first, it was, like, different and new. I was working from home, and about six months in, I'm like, okay, I need, like, a hobby because I'm getting very bored. And I was on my friend Daniel Epler's podcast, uh, Cobwebs, and he invited me on. At the end, we are talking about I had the idea for a while, and I never actually did it. I was like, I had this idea for a podcast, Film Feast, and he was just like, you know what? You should do it. And I was like, that's all I needed to hear. And then that got the ball rolling, and I just needed some kind of outlet, I feel like, because ever since I was a kid, I wanted to be a movie critic or something i love roger ebert um so this is about as close as i can get to being like some kind of a a movie critic air quotes uh i just needed some kind of out because my real life people don't want to talk about movies the way that i want to talk about them like no offense my friends and family but it's usually like <laughs> hey did you see such and such new movie yeah it was good i'm like do you want to talk about it for three hours they're like absolutely not no it's it's you know it's like <laughs> so i just found other people who are like-minded who like really love movies are very passionate um So yeah, just it—it was like a thing I needed, I think, at the time that I started it, and now I've just been doing it for going like two and a half years, crazy. enough for yeah, yeah, two and a half years, yeah.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's—I mean, it's such a great vibe. Like, I love the uh, just uh, yeah, I love the way you go into movies, and it's uh, it's a great listen. Um, my next question is the obligatory initiation initiation question. I think it's like short initiation. (laughs) Um, what to you is a dad movie?
1: Man, this is, i man, this is tough. It's like, I feel like it's one of those things, like, I know it when I see it, that type of thing. You know, people are like, I could call and I see it. It used to be, I think, easier to find. Because I used to think it was movies that starred guys like Sean Connery or Harrison Ford or Clint Eastwood. But those guys have either, like, retired, passed away, aged out, or, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And now, I don't know. It's, like, just a good, solid action movie, I think, is what I think of as a dad movie. Um uh yeah, just kind of... They used to have, like, a, a... There's, like, an energy to them. There's not, like, Hong Kong action movies. I wouldn't call those, like, dad movies. They have, like, a crazier energy. Like, there's, like, an American action movie that they made. Where I'm like, this is a dad movie. <laughs> it's got... It's a little... I don't want to say slower pace. The, ener- the, the energy is just different. The vibe is different. Um, Yeah, just a good, solid action movie. Or thriller, like, uh, like Crimson Tide by my boy Tony Scott. Ugh. Great dad movie. It's just one of those things where, like... You just imagine a dad sitting down and just be like, I like this. And the rest of the family's like, Can we watch something else? And it's like, no, no, we're watching this now.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. I sometimes come to, because I've got Tom Cruise on the brain at the minute. I would always say that The firm is a dad movie, oh, but yeah. Mission Impossible isn't necessarily a dad movie. Oh, maybe people would disagree with me on that. I take a very, very broad definition of this stuff. Like We've done stuff that most people would probably look at and go, that's not a dad movie that. And I'm like, well, you know, the movies that my dad enjoyed. So that's basically <laughs> what this thing is an excuse to is to dive into like those films that he showed me and kind of how that really informed my taste in film. Um, and The Rock was a, it was a big one. It was a really big one and um i was really glad that when i reached out to you because basically you know talked about like summer vibes and dad movies that really embody the the summertime Uh, and the rock had jumped into my brain immediately just because i think of it as like a hot sweaty movie (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and obviously you know michael bay one of the kings of summertime and it felt like it was a good time that we're having this conversation too because on on twitter at the minute everyone's doing their that Patriots
1: stuff. Oh my god. Oh, this is great timing, yeah. The Patriots are out in full force. Uh the Bay the Bay Renaissance, the Bay I don't know what to call it. There's so many Bay puns we can make. Uh he's yeah, it's he's very I feel like he came back like there was a re-evaluation, especially when like Ambulance came out. Everyone's like, Michael Bay is really good. And now there's like a reevaluation of the Transformers movies. Like particularly which i can't fully count forward with but i have always liked michael bay besides a couple things where i'm like oh i wish you didn't do this or that like some of the humor in his movies is like sometimes like oh why'd you do that but overall i have always liked him so i was happy to see the reevaluation of his work i guess i'm a patriot i don't
0: know <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's really funny because like when i was when i was younger i did like this is going to sound like such a humble brag, but in, like, year six, that's, that's like, um, grade six in America, mm-hmm. um, I was invited onto a gifted and talented uh, summer camp that was, like, <laughs> on, like, film production and media and stuff. At the end of it, they all took us to see the original Transformers. So I feel <laughs> like, at the time, Bay did have kind of that, like, you know, like, auteur reputation, but obviously it's, like... Um, what's that word that people keep using to describe it? It's like, uh, not ugly Oak- is it Oakley autourism? Otters- I can't remember what it is, but the, the idea of like, you know, a, a vulgar autism. Yeah, I was like. to say vulgar
1: autourism, Yeah, otorism, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, So I guess that's kind of always been the thing. But, um, yeah, and kind of like you, I, there was growing up the Rock Transformers that, you know, I both, I really liked the original Transformers at the time. Um I've kind of cooled on it since but still enjoy it muchly As like you know a showpiece for like action I think it still holds up as a visual spectacle incredibly um, but the rock was like always my go to for bay um and yeah I think it's because it like it, even more so than like any of the bad boys movies but I think the reason why this thing resonated so much with my dad is like the Sean Connery elements my dad was Scottish right wow. <laughs> uh, and and Sean Connery was his favorite bond Sean Connery was just one of his favorite actors. Obviously, you're going across stuff like The Untouchables, which is like a mortal dad cinema, and Daniel Jones The Last Crusade, which is also a mortal dad cinema. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so The Rock having his presence and also the the dynamic wallyness of Nicolas Cage, who is also a dad favorite. I'll I'll stand by that. Kind of made The Rock like the perfect combo. Um, and as far as Michael Bay movies go, even though it is very extreme, and he's indulging in like all of his, you know. <laughs> indulgences um i guess you could maybe say that it's it's slightly more restrained bay than some of his latest stuff. i don't know if you'd agree oh i
1: was thinking that 100 when i was i was like this is like restrained michael bay like which i know some people probably now would not like they probably want like completely un- unchecked like unhinged <laughs> michael bay but mark Wahlberg screaming about his inventions my inventions <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> Adventures, <laughs> yeah. Um, this I maybe because it's earlier on and he thought this was like his big shot because he's working with like these big actors Nicholas Cage, Sean Connery, Ed Harris. I mean, huge cat, like we can go, the cast list is insane in The Rock, but like I gotta imagine he thought, like, this is my big break, I have to really nail this, and maybe he wanted to make it like a tad classier, like I don't know, or he hadn't fully formed his like Michael Bay style yet, you know. So, uh, but I was, I agree with you 100%. I think it's. More restraint than the other, some later Bay movies.
0: Yeah, totally. It's interesting because for, for me, the most the, the biggest Bay indulgences in this film don't happen on Alcatraz; they happen. In the scenes where Mason escapes, and it's the Humvee chase, oh yeah, and then we get that kind of great bit where he's just deliberately crashing into. He's like, "How many, how many objects can we get this Ferrari and this something to crash into and make it look cool?" Like, it's, it's almost like it reminded me so much of um, Batman sixty six when he's trying to get rid of the bomb. Oh it's yeah, that bit where the old lady like walks into the middle of the road, and then there's the tram with all the civilians on it, and then there's the the the, the, the truck with the gallons of water, the water jugs, and I'm like. I love this. I, I'm here for this buffoonery. <laughs> <laughs>
1: for some reason I went to Wayne's World Two when they're like oh, God, trying yeah. to get to I think the wedding, and it's like a pane of glass is being moved through, and oh, a crate of watermelons and chickens. like, and because it's like, yeah, he's just smashing all the stuff in that car chase. And I don't know if you read this. I heard this somewhere that like Michael Bay was concerned that like there was not enough action in that first part of the movie, so he's like, we need to have a car chase. And they had a test screening without the chase. And basically, yeah, the audience was like, it gets a little slow. It's, like, all the setup. And they went back and, like, did the car chase. And which I... Because I, I do feel like it needs an action beat at that time. So I think it's a good call. It's a great chase, too. But it is very Michael Bay. <laughs> it's, like... Maybe... It's interesting, yeah. Yeah. Because,
0: like, I, I feel like it de- I would definitely probably agree with that. But I also think that out of all the scenes in the movie, that was the one that kind of, like, loses my interest a little bit. Because oh. I'm, like, oh, I kind of really want to, like, dive into, like, the... You know Ed Harris and like what the Marines are going through on Alcatraz because you get the bit where they set up and then it's like a little long time where you don't really get much of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to be fair, like that's a very minor nitpick because the chase the chase is fun to watch. <laughs> um, but it's like oh, I just want I just wanted to get onto Alcatraz. Um, but yeah, I should probably do a little a little quick synopsis for people who somehow haven't seen The Rock. Um, released in 1996, obviously directed by Michael Bay, um, starring Nicolas Cage. Sean Connery, Ed Harris, and a who's who of dad movie faves like David Morse and uh, Michael Bean and um, God, the cast is great. Tony Todd. Tony Todd yeah. As well as like the most psychotic Marine ever. Um, <laughs> he's a great time in this. Uh, and basically these Marines after um, feeling uh, massively aggrieved with having to conduct illegal warfare and the fact that they've not been able to, you know, honor their comrades who are fallen in arms. They basically decide to take it upon themselves to compensate those families by holding the entire city of San Francisco hostage by stealing chemical weapons in an elegant string-of-pearls formation. Um, (laughs) And basically hold them a ransom. And then... Yeah, so that's that's basically that's the main premise of The Rock. We get uh, Nicolas Cage, Mr. Stanley Goodspeed, which is one of the great movie character names. Mm. <laughs> he's a big Beatles fan. He's a maniac, as he says. Um, and he's a chemical weapons expert with the FBI. And they have to recruit, because they don't know how to get into The Rock, because all the angles are, are covered by the Marines. They have to recruit Sean Connery, a former British SAS and MI6 intelligence operative who, has been in, who was originally incarcerated at, at The Rock after stealing microfilm from J. Edgar Hoover. God, I love this movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just want to know what dirt Hoover had on, like, Harold Macmillan or, like, uh, <laughs> Harold Wilson. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, he, he steals the microfilm, he basically gets incarcerated. The British disavow any knowledge of, you know, um, who Mason is, and that basically leaves him to rot in numerous prison cells, uh, in the thirty years since, uh, with his his identity completely under wraps, but they now they now they need him. They need him back. They need him to get in the Rock and help them get these uh, these gooey chemical weapons. Um, <laughs> and it is a fantastic time, Matt. I don't know if you know this fact. I feel like it's pretty notorious. Um, but do you know how the Rock kind of? Informed actual real life military intelligence decisions before the Iraq invasion. I
1: did just hear this somewhere uh, when I was doing research for this. Yeah, that they somebody, <laughs> someone described <laughs> the weapon in the Rock to them, saying they have this weapon, and then people in the intelligence, I guess, agency were like, "Wait a minute, that's just the that's the weapon from the Rock." This person's like messing with us. I was that part I was confused about. I was like, so somebody's leaked that, but used the example as the weapon from the so- Rock. <laughs>
0: They, they thought that a part of like the chemical weapons that Saddam had were as volatilely stored as the elegant string of Pearls oh. formation in The Rock. Um, and that was, I think that was a report drawn up by either MI6 or the CIA. I think it was MI6 because it was a big thing in the British press. Um, but yeah, that's, that's one of the most interesting facts about The Rock. <laughs> I mean, they're great. I mean, I was looking, as I was watching it yesterday, whenever they brought the, the Pearls out, I was just like, if I was brought on this mission instead of Nicolas Cage, right, I would have killed everyone instantly because I would have found these these green gooey balls and I would have just eaten them. I would have been like, <laughs> you know, when Homer in the, the candy episode of The Simpsons where he there's the, the, the really sour lemon ball that uh. <laughs> um, Professor Frank has, and he's like, ah, oh, where'd it go? And he's
1: like,
0: that's going to be me with the VX
1: gas balls. Did you eat the the weapon? Like, yeah, sorry. They look tasty. They do look like, I mean, they're very like appealing to the eye. They're like bright green. These round, like a a candy. It's surprising they monetize this afterwards. Like it's like they sell them in like a little candy ball. Um,
0: Oh man, that'd be the best rock merchandise ever.
1: (laughs) They missed an opportunity oh there. God. Oh man, they're yeah, they're great. I they look great. It was a great choice. I don't think it's very practical. I'm like why would they put them in glass? Put them in like a like a hard rubber or some any anything but glass. It's like they want there to be an accident. Um, I, you know, I love it's it just looks great. That's Michael Bay though. It's like everything has to look fantastic and eye catching. I feel like even down to the the chemical weapon in the movie. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean it's one of his most gorgeous movies. Like as I was watching it yesterday, I um. Just absolutely beautiful work. I think it was John Schwartzman who shot this one, um, and it is just beautiful. Like, we have so many iconic shots in this film, like whether that's you know Stanley Goodspeed with the flares,
1: oh my know, god, yeah, <laughs> kind of like kneel
0: down with like the 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 bloody like uh, oh god, what, whatever thing they have to eject into their hearts. He's got that like hanging out of his chest, and he's like dangling with like the, the flares. You got that really good bit where Goodspeed has his first kill, and then after he's like shot the marine to save Mason like, the camera pans down, and it's just, like, that shot of, um, the gun falling to his side, like, I love that so much,
1: it's brilliant. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's so good, like, it looks, I was like, this movie looks so good, like, it's just, like, it's, it's a good mix of, like, because Michael Bay is great at making things look fantastic, like, no one could take that away from him, whatever they say, Michael Bay, it's, like, People look cool in his movies. Things look awesome. Things blow up fantastic. It's great. Uh, Like, this is definitely no exception. And it's not, like, the car chase, like, that's kind of manic and crazily edited. But, like, I feel like, again, more restrained, Michael Bay, but it's still great images. I always think of, like, yeah, Nicolas Cage with the flares and the jets flying overhead and, like, even the stuff in the beginning with, like, the the kind of military funeral and the rain and the, the score, the, oh my God, the score. And this is so good. It's like so dramatic and bombastic. It's like this perfect base score.
0: Peak, peak Bruckheimer era Zimmer, like, yes. you know, strings, <laughs> like it's so good. Um, and yeah, I mean, you mentioned Crimson Tide earlier on, like that is a movie that also has really good nighttime rain sequences. Yeah, yeah. The, the Rock also <laughs> has some good nighttime rain sequences and those like crazy like military ponchos that you used to give them. Um, I just realized, I think I forgot to mention like on the pod or like ask like why, because I gave you a few options for what you wanted to do for the episode Um what drew you to the rock
1: primarily though <laughs> I, I think it's the rocks a movie i've loved for a very long time and i i've been very close i think to even doing it on my podcast and i was like well let's let's do it on you as podcast and you know like i've just been looking for an opportunity to talk about that movie for a long time um <laughs> if i could tell a story really quick i it, it ties back yeah, i totally, swear please. um that it was like this period in the mid 90s i always think of it as the nick cage becoming an action star time period where like uh, my mom had started dating again, uh and was dating this guy who sucked, but he had great taste in movies. <laughs> uh. And she, I was too young, so I was like nine and ninety-six when The Rock came out, so I could not go see this movie yet. It was rated R, so I would like beg my mom. She'd come home, she'd go on a date with this guy to see all these cool movies. And I'd like beg her to like tell me in detail about the movie she just watched, and if you know my mom, her memory is not great. I get that from her too. (laughs) Like never had a memory. So she's trying to like recount it and like, you know, does a pretty good job. I will say like, I remember like, she saw Face Off with him. She saw Con Air. She loved Con Air, actually. She was like, Con Air was great. Oh, hell yeah. But uh, The Rock, I remember, was probably one of the first ones where she went to go see it. And I really wanted to see The Rock. And I was like, please tell me every, start to finish. Let's start from the beginning, go to the end. And I made her, like, it was like story time for The Rock. And I remember That's
0: amazing. hearing about this. And I now want the children's book for The Rock. <laughs> like a book <puppet> one. <laughs>
1: Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. I remember her trying to describe like the gas to me and it sounded horrific. I mean it is horrific, though, but it when it happens in the movie, but she was like, Yeah, they had this like poison gas, and like, people's faces like melt off. She was like, I was like, What? <laughs> and um she was talking about like I can't remember, she described just so trying to describe all the trying to describe the rock to anybody is difficult because there's so much going on. But just so I, for years I had to sit with that just description if you're at The Rock. And like it took me probably a few more years because then after all my mom my mom was like you know you can watch r-rated movies it's fine but it probably took a couple more years after that um so to finally see it after hearing this like description my mom had gifted me uh i was like overjoyed and then i watched it like it was on tv all the time when i was younger it's a movie that if it comes on tv i will have to watch like a part of it or all of it or some, you know like um because i just caught the like scene where they get into like the rock the shower room in the rock and that oh. scene is so good, so intense that just
0: Michael Bede and Ed Harris yelling <laughs> at H- each other like
1: I, I cannot give that like, what <laughs> it's like oh, you want it? it's like oh my God. It's the cutting back and forth between two of them just yelling at each other. It's so tense. You're just oh my God. Um and I think uh like yeah to finally see it, I I mean I've watched it so many times. I just so I was like so excited to talk about it, get back to your original question. <laughs> but yeah, mm. so living with it from like I uh, think hearing about it from my mom and then getting to watch it and then a movie that I just like will watch like anytime. And just to say, I mean not to uh bury the lead, but I I think it's still Michael Bay's best movie. Like yeah. um but he has a lot that I love, but I still think this is like his best movie overall. Um but I love that voice too <laughs> like on un, 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 unashamed uh Ambulance is fantastic. I mean I was surprised by 13 Hours being as good as it was. Oh, um, yeah. so I kind of avoided that one because there was just so much, like, in the, I don't know, the States. I don't know how bad it was over there, but the Benghazi stuff was so the politically Benghazi charged. Stuff, yeah. It was like, ooh. But then I just watched it. Like, oh, he's just concerned about, kind of like The Rock, he's concerned about, like, the soldiers. I don't think he cares that much about the government aspect he just there's a
0: difference between respecting the troops and respecting the troops like i think bay bay is like the ideal troop respecter you know it's not like a it never comes across as jingoism for him like even though like he thinks military hardware is cool and objectively speaking military hardware does look cool um (laughs) it's never a case of like it never feels like a recruitment advert You know, like, even if it is stylish in a great many places, there's still a kind of somber tone to it, which is, again, what I really like about The Rock as well. It's like, even though it is a very fun watch, um, you buy into everything that happens here, And I like how it's not just a case of, like, every single mutiny... Mutinying, Mutinying? Yeah, wait, that, that's a good question. Uh yeah. yeah. mutiny. Every know. marine, every marine that is in the process of mutiny, there we there go. We go yeah. I like how not all of them are doing it with noble intentions. Some of them have been right. led along, and like they have the whole thing with um with the general where he is also like, you know, what the fuck am I doing? And that's the great bit where Mason meets him. I love that scene where he's like a name and rank soldier and he's like uh uh, mason of a majesty's 22nd ses regiment and then he's there like um personally i think you're a fucking idiot and I'm like <laughs> brilliant couldn't have said that any better and there's that bit beforehand is the iconic moment where stanley's like mason where are you going are you gonna save them and he just turns around and just thumbs up oh yeah which again not to get my second simpsons reference in here already but just makes me think of lenny when he gives mr burns the thumbs up <laughs>
1: oh i mean yeah he's god he's so good at this movie sean connery is so like i couldn't imagine what else playing it like i could not imagine it's like you've got to get sean connery is and like he it's like i love the i mean the way he delivers lines is so fantastic the accent it just adds like i mean even having having nicholas cage name be stanley goodspeed i love hearing connor say like oh good speed, Goodspeed, Goodspeed." it's like it just it's like rolls off his tongue uh it's like oh man he's he's so good i think he's at line too out in the rain he's talking to Ed harris about like where the whole thing about uh, I think you're a fucking idiot. But then he's like uh I love if he adds a little thing about like his whole rank, he's like retired of course. Like he's you know it's like, mm-hmm. Um yeah, and yeah. this whole theory I don't know if I buy into it that it's like oh, that he is James Bond. And I'm like, Yeah, I don't like to think that James Bond got captured for that long, you know what I mean? I'm like I I uh Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense, like, if you were going to put it in the perspective of, like, this is an old reality Bond. Like, it is very much like a Bond analogue, it feels. If if Bond was less, you know, um, whirling around in Little Nelly and was, like, actually committing, like, you know, Cold War espionage and stuff. I, find <laughs> it, I, I think it's really, really cool. And he is... You know, we talk a lot about Sean Connery as, like, a badass or whatever, but, like, he was such a good comedic talent as well, like, when he had to turn it on. Like, he has... Like, even in The Untouchables, he has a lot of funny moments there. Oh, and, like, yeah. <laughs> Stuff like, um, like, in The Last Crusade, obviously, probably one of the greatest, like, action comedy, like, performance. Like, he's so good in that, uh, against type. Here, he is just as funny. Um, Like, obviously, he has a lot of great lines to read, which you would never have imagined Sean Connery reading, like, uh, your best... Lucious always lying <laughs> about their best, and then you have the bit where probably one of my favorite shots in the film, which never ceases to make me cackle, is the bit where he—it's the two-way mirror, and mm-hmm. he's being like, you know, they're having the conversation, and speeds just like barging with him to go at the Vermont Hotel, um, <laughs> and then he just gets the quarter and like cuts the window open, punches through it, and then. <laughs> His head's just poking through the other side, like Womack.
1: It's like a looney tear popping through. Womack. <laughs> I, like, uh, I was like, I don't want to shower and a shave. Uh, it's like, you know, don't tell. He's, I, him with long hairs, it's like he looks really crazy. Like, it's a good It's like he looks crazy, but I, it's a weird look for him. I always see him so clean cut, c- clean shaven. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's he's having fun of this, I think. That's, I think you could oh, tell. He's
0: singing. Um... <laughs> Uh, are you going to San Francisco and he's doing it out of tune and off? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love that.
1: Oh, man. He's, yeah, he's, like, one of the best parts. And my stepdad loves this movie because he loves Sean Connery. Like, um, I feel like guys are a certain age, like, 60s, 70s. You know, like, they, he's their bond. He looks their guy. My mom always gives... Him, uh, my said that chick. Cause it's like she's like, I think you'd leave me for Sean Connery you know, back, you know, when he's still. Alive. Uh, she's like, she's like, you always talked about he had nice legs. And he's like, he did have nice legs.
0: Like he had, <laughs>
1: objectively he, speaking he had, the yeah, man had, like he nice, had legs. nice legs he had yeah. a huge man crush on sean connery so um that's another reason i think uh that we, we could bond over the rock i think of it as a dad movie because my stepdad likes it so
0: it's generational it isn't is it, in yeah a way. i mean like my dad had loads of affection for nicholas cage too but like sean connery was like a childhood hero mm-hmm. for him like he grew up with the bond movies in the 60s early 70s um Obviously, like, Sean Connery had a few war movies as well. He has a very tiny role in The Longest Day. Um, Just, again, it's just nice to see... It's one of those movies where you feel like, oh, yeah, Sean Connery was in a Michael Bay movie with Nicolas Cage, and it kicked all kinds of ass. (laughs) And it's, like, it's so great that he got to have that moment. Like, the 90s period for him, late 80s, 90s, like, he he did so much good stuff. And The Rock getting to exercise, that kind of, like, uh, pure action part of his brain, like it's just great to see cuz he's ha- he's clearly having so much fun with it like it's um i mean how can you not on the set of a michael bay movie with all these explosions going off and all <laughs> the, like the dramatics and stuff he's just it's just so so much fun yeah. um yeah i mean looking at like the cast overall are there any faces in particular that you're like oh that guy
1: <laughs> it's it's bananas cuz it's like a uh, murderers row of like great like character actors uh i'm looking now through the list um god i don't even know it's just it's hard to pick um i love i mean john c mcginley whenever he pops up yes. he's <laughs> he's great um i love that they i love the cassie of michael bean as that part that he's like the leader of that group because i think i can't remember like i mean because my mom told me what happened but i feel like still when you watch it you expect michael in that group to like not die as quickly as they do uh or at least maybe like they'll get captured or separated from Nicholas Cage and John Connery like so they won't be able to protect them but like to get just wiped out like so quickly because Michael bean has cachet from Terminator and aliens and it's like it's like he'll he'll make it like oh no he didn't make it
0: <laughs> it's almost like he goes into the xenomorph hive, and instead of being like one of the survivors, he just gets picked off immediately.
1: <laughs> it does remind me of that seeing aliens actually, where they go into the hive, like, and they're kind of. I don't know if they're confident, but you feel like this is a team of badasses. It's like, take it; they'll be okay. And it's like, nope, wiped out real quick. <laughs> so they
0: even have like the whole motion sensible thing as well. Oh, yeah. uh, it's really, really fun. I mean, the, I love the team of dudes that they assemble here because Bean is such a good. Like he he has like only a minor role in this, but he's so good with the screen time mm-hmm. that he has. And I feel like the entire cast here do that bit well. Who's um who's mustachioed man who plays the uh, <laughs> is, it William Forsyte? William Forsyte. It is William Forsythe? William Forsythe, yeah like he's he, he's fucking great in this i don't know how much of, of the heavy lifting the mustache is doing but he's like great to watch in this one yes he's... uh that bit at the end where they're, they're talking about you know Womack comes along and is like uh what happened to mason and stanley's like incinerated and then uh Forsyth's <laughs> like incinerated huh. <laughs> and they're both just kind of like cracking a smile. Uh-huh. Beautiful. beautiful,
1: beautiful. <laughs> it's a great it's moment. Beautiful. Like, yeah, like we know you're bullshitting, but I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna let it slide. Um, because yeah, I it's like they, they were gonna screw him over the whole time. It's kind of then it's got like a little bit of like an Escape from New York, Escape from LA type thing where it's like, mm. go do this mission for us, and then we'll you know, give you kind of a reward. But it's like the whole we don't plan to ever give you what we promised, and um and they all know everyone knows it's bullshit <laughs> so it's like it's like you get out of here sean connery um i love that little moment between the two of them where they're like uh-huh You're incinerated yeah, okay uh, <laughs> it's so good yeah
0: totally i mean i was gonna ask now because like there are so many good action set pieces in this that any ones that like really jump out at you as being like because i feel like we talked we mentioned earlier on that this does feel like michael bay restrained in, in a great many ways and i do feel like if I was going to look back at all the Bay movies I've seen and like do a top five of his like best action sequences, I'm trying to think of one that would maybe like cut him from the rock as being in that bracket. But like, it's, it's all shot really well. Um, but like, even though it's all very compelling, I feel like it's not like top tier Bay at times, even though it is like, it's great to watch, but like, you know, that whatever he didn't hear, he probably went on to outdo in like Bad Boys 2, or like, you know, Ambulance or whatever, which is just pure drone-fueled ridiculousness <laughs> brilliance. Um, oh. But yeah, I don't know if you had any, like, favorite action.
1: It's a good question. I mean, it's undoubtedly an action movie, but I don't... If I had to pick five Michael Bay, like, set pieces, I don't know if anything from The Rock would make it. I mean, The Car Chase is great, but I feel like I like that Car choice, char- Chase of Bad Boys 2 even more, when they're, like, throwing cars yeah. off the back of the truck. Um, uh, God, I mean... I don't know, because it's, it's like, I'm like, now you're asking me, I'm like, I don't know. Like, um, there's like, it's almost like there's like these bursts of action that I don't even call them set pieces. Yeah. Like, you know, like a quick fight between two guys or like a shootout, but yeah.
0: The interesting thing I find about this movie is that it's a Michael Bay movie where my favorite things about it aren't the action. Right. It's not the action. <laughs> it's 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 Cage and Connery and like the relationship that they, they have. And I think they, they do that so well here. When they combine in action sequences, it's really fun. Like obviously we have the great bit where it's the first shootout that Mason has. Mason and Goodspeed have with um trying to get the first VX gas launcher. Mm. And um they have that great bit where they're firing and there's just like so many squibs going off and there's glass <laughs> shattering and like Good Speed is like blind firing with his beretta and mason's shooting with the MP5 and then he like um pushes a drawer out of, like, one of these, like, uh, cabinets and, like, starts shooting underneath and, like, gets the guy's feet and then the shoots the conditioning unit false. and it goes down. <laughs> oh. Beautiful. And then, and then, like, the cherry on the icing of the cake is the bit where the, he's then trying to remove the the pearls and the guy's leg is twitching and he's just like, is that normal? And he's like, <laughs> yes. <"Yeah." laughs>
1: Oh, I mean, yeah. there's That's why I was say about The Rock that I think is so great. It makes it my favorite Bay movie. Is like there's so many great character moments, and he really lets these actors like breathe and do their own thing. And like, because from what I heard, like the characters of Mason and Goodspeed were like very different originally on the page. But then when you bring guys like Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery in, they add so much to it. I think I read that Sean Connery broke two of his own guys in just to punch up the Mason stuff. Like, oh wow, there was a lot of writers. I had no idea. Told us yesterday. Like they had a lot of guys come in and punch up stuff. There's only like three credited writers, but they had like Tarantino and oh my God, uh social network guy. What is his name?
0: Oh, um, oh, <laughs> Sorkin.
1: Yeah. Sorkin. Like they punched yeah. up some stuff. Uh, yeah. Sean Connor got two of his guys to you know, like to come in and just punch up the Mason stuff. Like it, they had tons of guys work on the script, but it, it didn't turn out that messy. I somehow like somehow gelled together, but uh, there's so much good character stuff, which is like why I like Ambulance, why I like Thirteen Hours, um, and Bad Boys too, as goofy and some of it doesn't age well. It's still about Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Like it's always about like the guys, and this is about Nicholas Cage, Sean Connery, and their like chemistry. Um, and the action is still great; it's still there. But I feel like. That's my problem, not to knock the Transformers movies, but I feel like the, the weakness in those is, like, you're just watching things kind of smash together, and it kind of loses – after a while, I become, like, numb to it if like I'm getting bludgeoned by, like, just – I love Transformers as a kid. I watched the original cartoon, like, uh you know, but it's – after a while, it's, like, just noise, and it's very impressive, but it's, like, it doesn't have the great character beats, like, that – he has in so many other movies. I think The Rock works so well because it's the character is still, like, first and foremost, and he has great actors playing the part. So, like we said, the cast is crazy. And it's all all people who are really good at acting doing a good job. So I think that's the big difference in The Rock and some of his, like, Transformers type stuff.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, like, I... I I've, I've seen this movie so many times and I think every time I watch it I'm always surprised by how invested I am in Mason's story and like how well the movie conveys the sense of betrayal and uh like kind of like hopelessness that he's faced over the last like you know three decades and like how he just wants to see his daughter and there's that great bit where Goodspeed's like oh your father's assisting us with an investigation and stuff and that's like oh, the yeah, first yeah. inkling of trust between them like I love I buy into that completely I also buy into like you know Cage's like oh you know I'm is, is kind of like comedic you know I've just gotten like my girlfriend like she, she's pregnant and then now we're gonna get married and stuff <laughs> and like I love that and I think the reason why they pair so well together is you know it does feel deliberate in the script too but it's like Connery is such a great image of that like 60s 70s masculinity and Cage is like the opposite of that he's like slightly flamboyant he's obviously ex- more expressionistic with his techniques um and he's a sensitive man, you know. He's he's, he's in the nude playing a guitar, like, and he loves he bloody loves the Beatles and stuff. But I like that, like, it's um, he's got an affection for that era too. There's so many little things that like I'm, little bubbles of ideas that come into my brain right now that I can't articulate fully. Um, but it's just they, they they go so well together because you know they are they're, they're like an odd couple. But I like how it's like two two different generations of action heroes coming together which has obviously been done loads of times even before this um but it works so well here because it's like you have two great icons and they really do genuinely like even though they're, they're very different they both get on and i think mason is such a great teacher hmm. and like yeah no i just I, 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 they, they both push each other and it's a great kind of back and forth they have and i think that you know Probably the core reason why The Rock Succeeds is a great kind of diehard esque movie for me, like more so than a lot of the other kind of similar scenario driven films, is that it's not about the premise, never becomes the main character, it's always those two.
1: That's a great point, yeah. And I love that you brought up that moment where Nicolas Cage lies for Sean Connery when he's like, Your dad's helping us on the thing that, and I that really earns a lot of uh trust from Sean Connery where he doesn't like any of these guys or trust any of these guys, but he's like. This guy may be okay, and I love yeah that like Sean Connery is like the ideal I think at that time of like it's a manly, masculine man. He's James Bond, you know, and then Nicolas Cage is kind of this like goofy weirdo. <laughs> he's like this character does not want to be in the field. He's like I work in a lab, and then he's out there. And I love, I mean, it's I drive a Volvo. <laughs> it's like an iconic line, one of the best lines of movies when Sean Connery's like. You brought up a little earlier the winners uh winners always complain with their best and then uh and <laughs> fun, fun, and the, prom the prom queen. queen. And then Nicholas Cage, which is like Carla was the prom queen. I think Connor is like, Oh, okay. Like he's like, Okay, you're kind you got a little edge to you. So um just little stuff like that. Yeah, that's that's what it's all about. That's why I keep going back to the movie, is like just their banter and back and forth with like all the great lines. And like Ed Harris, like I've been talking to him, he's a very compelling it's hard to even call yeah. the villain. I mean, he does the villainous thing by, you know, capturing these people and holding the city hostage. But, like, he's definitely got a uh, righteous cause that he's fighting for. And you completely understand why he's fighting for that cause. So um, that adds, like, another level of making it more interesting. He's not, like, a just some no-name, like, at the time, probably, like, a European terrorist from unnamed country and like a diehard thing it's like a guy with has a clear goal what he wants he's doing about it uh probably not the best way uh but like and then the infighting with his own group is interesting where it's like yeah they're not all in it for the same reasons yeah it's
0: such a nuanced presentation Mm -hmm. isn't it because it would have been so easy for them to just go oh they're all in it for this righteous cause Mm -hmm. um and then really not apply as much scrutiny as they do but I feel like when I watch The Rock not only does it do that part really well it kind of goes into like the the cultish ritualistic aspects of like military doctrine and like also you know the you know not in like a Kubrick way or anything but like some guys are in the military because they're just violent bullyish people and like we have that with like Tony Todd's character and um oh crikey what's the other fellow with the curtains um <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh, what's his name? Is it Greg? Is Gregory Sporeleader, isn't he? Because he was in uh, Black Hawk Down. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, it's that great bit where he's like, "Give me that fucking chip." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But yeah, like I like how it's um, it's not all it's not all black and white, and it's not black and it's not it doesn't do that annoying thing I think a lot of movies do. Where it's like we're gonna give the guy with the good uh interesting point of view. We're going to make him a monster. And then you have to be like, oh, the methods justify the cause or whatever. It's more <laughs> a case of like, you know, all of this is kind of stupid. Right? It's ridiculous <laughs> that it's gotten to this situation. Everyone has a great deal of respect for him. But at the end of the day, like the people that he's opposed to are the people trying to save lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and he is the man who is like, managed to put the situation here where, you know, tens of thousands of people could die. Um, so I like that about the movie. And, you know, a lot of great last stands too. Oh yeah, because we I was about to go into like Ed Harris, you know, dying, but between him and Michael Beam with like the the, the firing off their pistols after they've oh, yeah. been shot.
1: <laughs> oh man, so good, so dramatic. Like mean, this is so bay to have. Like it's so operatic. It's you know like slow motion, firing a pistol. The music is swelled. I'm like, this is good stuff. This is <laughs> this is why I watch movies. Like yeah, uh, right. it's yeah, very. Everyone gets like a very. I feel like. Uh, dramatic poetic death <laughs> like um that may be the best one when nicholas cage <laughs> does his rocket man <laughs> joke like
0: oh uh, how could i forget it's,
1: it's you you're the rocket man and uh, like such because a, a weird nicholas cage thing i can only imagine him doing that and like that character i'm like well that fits for him you know i'm like that makes sense I, it could be like stupid or cheesy either way but i'm like it's perfectly delivered by nicholas cage it works <laughs> so love it it's so good um yeah, they I mean they just need okay, they
0: just needed to do the bit like in Broken Arrow where they fired John Travolta off oh, and wanted to see him like on the rocket <laughs> and that camera zoom. They do a similar thing in True Lies, don't they? Oh that's yeah. what this movie needed. They needed to have like Tony Todd's like panicked expression as he's like <laughs> fired off Alcatraz. <laughs>
1: So it's true. Lies is, yeah. That that villain death is amazing. He, like he's, almost like cartoonish, like arms, and then he hits the other like helicopter plane of guys, and it just yeah, kills him. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. uh like, this is this is why I miss nineties action movies.
0: Just, oh, they don't make them like they used to. They, they really don't. <laughs> you know, I,
1: I say all the time on my show, and I always feel like I'm even kind of like an old man where I'm like, they don't make them like they used to, but they they really don't. They just really don't. So, yeah. yeah. We still got. We can watch The Rock over and over, and like uh, Michael Bay still making stuff. I wish Ambulance had done better because I thought it was really good. I I, yeah, it's just unfortunate.
0: Ambulance to me was like that was just. I was so late to that party because I remember wanting to go watch it in twenty two, but I think it was like in cinemas for a week, and I ended up missing it. Um, and then I caught it on streaming at the beginning of this year, and I was like watching it. I was like, this should have been just as much of a. Like you know, in the same way, Top Gun Maverick was like, "This is the movies are back movie," Uh (laughs) and it's like a big event movie. Like, Ambulance deserved, like, you know, take a pick over what you think is better or whatever. But like, Ambulance deserved just as much of that because it is as an action spectacle, as a piece of like big screen spec. Like, it 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 just needed to be seen there. And yeah, I don't know. I guess because Bay himself has such a divisive reputation, but that movie was so good and.
1: The Rock is also great. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is great. I, I was gonna say ambulance 2 has that whole thing again about Michael like, Bay like I like soldiers, but not the answer, because the whole thing's about a guy trying to get like uh, a veteran like health insurance and that whole process and like doing something that's illegal but for a good cause type thing. It's like it's like he keeps going back to these these themes, uh, which uh, you know and yeah, The Rock. I mean, it's that's why it's so. It's got all these interesting things happening with like different characters and their motivations and like. It's not as cut and dry as you think at first. Like Stanley Goodspeed's like not just a big nerd. <laughs> like he's got you know, it's like he can do some cool action stuff. Um, and I love that Nicolas Cage apparently really wanted to be an action star. Like he'd been pushing to be in an action movie for years, and like nobody really gave him a shot because they're like, ah, you're just a weird eccentric actor type guy, you know. And then like he has this amazing run. This kicks off the amazing like trilogy of Nick Cage action movies of this and uh, Face Off and Con Air. And it's like, man, what a like just a triplet a of run. action movies, like totally. so good.
0: He's so good. He he is like it, it's funny because I feel like to a generation of movie fans, like he is an action guy. Mm. And that early stage of his career is maybe not as like broadly well known. Now I feel like for most people, he is like Conair. He is he is Johnny Conner. <laughs> <laughs> that is his character's name. Um, you know, not a bad reputation to have because I really like all of his action movies, but. Yeah, it's um he's genuinely great in this one as well. Lots of good cagey moments um and just a delight to watch like <laughs> I, I I don't know where you stand on, on cages and that did but like I am fully aboard the cage train. I think he's
1: wonderful. <laughs> oh, I love um, him. I love him. He he yeah. does things that I he pulls off things I feel like very few actors other actually pull off like he delivers the zeus's butthole line in the rock like who else could pull that off like i'm like i believe him uh like he just has these weird quirks like he's so interesting to watch like i've seen him in movies that like aren't that great but like usually not him and that's he's always interesting even if maybe i don't think he was quite good in something i'm like you were you brought it you know you didn't like dial it in or phone it in but um i i love him like mandy from the um few years ago mm-hmm. is like one of my favorite movies of the past like decade. I would say he's amazing in that. Um, yeah, I, he's so good. But it is like he has like that split point in his career. It's like the, the action movies start in the mid 90s. And it's almost like people forget before that. It's like he was not really an action guy at all. And then it's, you know, he does interesting stuff afterwards. Like Magic Man adaptation and like all these other he's still the dramatic type stuff. But and then he has the run. I think people soured on him with like the DTV run. Yes, where it sounds like it was like the tax. Movie, you know, it's like I gotta pay my taxes. Like I gotta do these like kind of lower rent uh, type movies, but um, I feel like we're going through like a Cage Renaissance in the past couple years. So I'm, I'm happy to, I'm happy to be here for it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I really hope this is his like his big movies are back moment. I want, I want Cage on the big screen doing lots of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna say as well, I think this is the hottest Nicolas Cage uh, action movie as well. Like he he looks great <laughs> in this. There's the the kind of like. The sweaty, wispy hair and like the bit of grime and dirt on his face. is just, he, there are a few movies where he's presented better in an action context, I should say, because I know people go crazy for him in Wild at Heart, which I still haven't seen. That has been on my watch list for ages. I need to watch it. Um, but dude, dude looks cool as
1: hell in this. <laughs> he does. He does. He, uh, I, I love him in Con Air with the wispy mullet on oh. going. When it blows in the wind, it's great. Uh, <laughs> like, but, uh, yeah, no, he looks he looks cool. You uh, you should see Wild and Hard. I I like it. I love David Lynch. It's funny because I like Wild and Hard, but it's like among Lynch movies, it's probably like closer to the bottom of the ranking. No one killed me for that, but man. but it's still good. It's very interesting. I just because uh, I think I just saw somewhere where you saw, a Mahalan Drive for the first time. Or yeah,
0: yeah, I've literally <laughs> just this year been popping my Lynch cherry. Like I had never <laughs> seen um I'd never seen Blue Velvet before this year. Oh, I'd like. Uh, part of it came up in one of my history modules and like dis- uh, dissecting uh, American suburbia and like stuff like that but apart from that I had not seen anything beyond the introduction the introductory sequence where it's you know the the worms underneath the garden and stuff which is so cool yeah. <laughs> uh, and then yeah Mulholland Drive and yeah I've got a bunch of the like on my list but yeah it's, it's weird it's kind of it's one of those where i'm like oh yeah no i haven't actually watched any lynch stuff and then i was like i'm gonna try and start fixing that this
1: year so <laughs> I, I, I am very excited for you i saw you i was like oh my god he's watching it for the first time i'm so like jealous to see it for the first time like um because that's my favorite lynch movie mall and drive it's like uh, and, yeah. i mean it's so great uh but he has a lot of great ones it's hard for me to pick they're all like top tier for the most part so i'm excited for you i said bring it up because i was like oh my god i'm so excited for his lynch journey because like once you get started it's a like, it's a whole different thing because i'm later to him too i'm not like like i probably i don't know sometime in the past like five to ten years I got into it and then I was like mm. all in I think so um, it's a good time. Sorry to take us off the rock but I said to bring that up. No <laughs> no
0: totally I mean I, the, the, the tangents are a good thing. I think uh, <laughs> next on my list it depends on what, where I can find it like maybe Inland Empire Um but I definitely want to go back and do The Elephant Man oh, and, yeah. uh, and and Wild at Heart. Wild at Heart is the big one I've had on my list because I think Laura Dern and, and Nicolas Cage look
1: Really neat
0: in every <laughs> single image that I have seen from that movie. It, yes, um, bashfully tipping my hat. Wow, you all, you two, look awfully great
1: today. Like, <laughs> oh, they, they burn up the screen. I will say that. I keep seeing that on yeah, yeah. Twitter where it's like, what's the hottest two people have looked in a movie? And Wild and Hart always mm-hmm. comes up, and um, it's like hard to argue. It's it's hard to argue with that. <laughs> yeah,
0: totally. Um, yeah, like The Rock. Overall thoughts, I bloody loved this movie um this is one that me and my dad used to watch quite a lot like it would if it was on it was like okay we've got it like you said anyway if it's on tv you have to stop and and respect the rock you have to sit down and 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 you know be a loyal patriot and it's just uh, i i love it like um it's funny like cage and connery it's like two generations coming together it feels almost like that could make it one of the quintessential dad movies in and of itself because you know you know particularly for us like growing up we have like parents who were born like 50 60 70s you know they were like sean connery was the man yeah and then for us as growing up it's like oh well, nicholas cage was the man <laughs> and now it's like the two men are together and it's a great time so it was always one that it's just um late stage sean connery films just have a hold on me for like dad cinema I mean, we did the league of extraordinary gentlemen uh last year which is a movie that i will defend vociferously um, <laughs> Because I just think Connery is great in it. And it's, um, he's just, has so much, like, wh- like, there's, like, a whimsical element. It's very dry. But he still commits to the action. And even in here, in The Rock, where he's kind of, like, just walking about a lot of the time. When he does have to have those, like, close-up moments. It's like, oh, this guy could, you can tell this guy could, like, throw a punch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's so good. I'm going off on a massive tangent here now, but I feel like, um... I don't know if you were aware, like so back in the uh fifties or early sixties, I can't remember. It was like um you know Johnny Stampinato, one of like the most infamous like US gangsters. He was with Lana Turner. I think Lana Turner and Connery were doing a movie and Stampinato got so jealous about rumors that Connery and her were together <laughs> that he went all the way to to, to England where it was being filmed oh, and then like try to pull a knife on Connery and Connery apparently just grabbed the knife and was like and, and then and then Stompanato ran away. <laughs> and I fully believe it because Connery yeah. was like he's, he's like those big hairy knuckles and hands man I don't want I don't want any of that.
1: <laughs> it's amazing. I could totally believe it. I uh I could I could definitely see that happening. Like yeah, I was like I would not pick a fight with Sean Connery I would have picked a fight with Sean Connery like least with like seventy eighty. I've been like, no, I'm gonna just you know like not a good idea. Um God, he's, yeah, he's so great in this. I, I feel like, I feel like I had more to say, but I feel like it's a movie that's like, it's so visual. It's like, you just gotta, you for gotta himself. experience <laughs> it. Uh, I mean, from that opening kind of beginning with like how dramatic it is and the music and like that heist of the, the gas, like you're just in, like that's a part I always catch. I feel like I always catch like the, shower part and that you can't stop watching that because it's like yes so i feel like
0: that's the one i always shoot it <laughs> when i'm when i'm browsing i feel like it's the shower bit that, that comes in yeah.
1: <laughs> like i always feel like i miss like the first part before they get to the rock and i catch that part and i can't stop watching from that part and it's just I, it's so entertaining it's so like this is like how i like bay to use his uh abilities because like it looks so good everything is just like top tier like it's oh so good.
0: <laughs> One thing we didn't even mention, and this is sacrilegious <laughs> to me, because whenever I do a Bruckheimer or Simpson movie, I'm always like, oh, it's the boys. Uh, we haven't spoken about Bruckheimer or Simpson. And I feel oh. like this is a good one, because obviously, like, Tony Scott did a lot with with Bruckheimer and Simpson. You know, I feel like it wouldn't be disingenuous to say that Bay is, like, obviously influenced by Scott in terms of that high contrast filmmaking, you know, like, you know, excess action aesthetics and stuff like that. Like, this is such a interesting pivotal moment for me because it's like it's Bay's it's Bay announcing himself more so than bad boys like bad boys was his big thing Mm. but then like he comes along with this and it's like nicholas cage sean connery you know Brooke carter simpson again like that i don't know it's it's such a great and obviously you know simpson passed away when uh before the it was either during production or just before production got started before the release Um,
1: because they gave him the in the memory of john simpson credit yeah
0: yeah so it's like it is such it almost feels like a bit of a transitional but it's such a great fascinating movie like i love the 90s as a filmic decade is just great <laughs> yeah. um this is another nebulous thought that i'm not going to bring to any conclusion <laughs> i just think it's interesting that these things coalesce and you have the two genera, the past like the two generations of actors working in the movie and then you have the different generations of filmmakers coming and going and and producers and stuff and yeah i just um God, God bless what Brookheimer and Simpson brought to the table because so many beloved 90s action favorites came from them and The Rock is like it's up there at, like, at the top it's up there with, like Last Boy Scout for me which I <laughs> fucking, hell yeah that's a, that a Brookheimer and Simpson one. That's, that's actually Jewel Silver, silver
1: because I, Fuck. that's okay I, it feels like, because Tony Scott worked with brookheimer simpson a lot and it feels like it'd be a brookheimer simpson thing but he went to go with joel silver hated joel silver made fun of joel silver in true romance because he he puts that character in as like the slimy producer who does coke and uh that's like his shot at silver because they just did not get along i can't believe i went this whole time without mentioning tony scott really because it's one of my guys like i did this whole year and a half series on tony scott movies and like Tony Scott apparently almost directed The Rock, which I could totally believe. Oh, I could totally see that. <laughs> like, because he's great with working with large casts of actors. Like, and I always talk about, like, he had these just killer casts, like, in every movie, and he could do this big action movie. Like, I could totally see him doing this, but apparently he went to go make The Fan, which may be one of my least favorite Tony Scott movies, but he wanted to work with Dadiro. So, you know, it is what it is. But, um,. I'm glad that Michael Bay did this cuz I feel like Tony would have killed it but I Bay did a great job. It weirdly feels like a almost like a prestige summer blockbuster in a weird way to me. I don't know. It's like it's like this is like this is like a classy summer blockbuster maybe looking back too. I don't know. But um but yeah, I mean him, Tony Scott, Bay working with those guys and Michael Bay definitely influenced by Tony Scott's style. I feel like uh they accuse tony scott of a lot of things of like oh it's just our substance it's so slick and like i feel like they took that even farther than tony scott did in a way and then tony gets weird with like his experimentation of like man on fire and domino but but it's like but they definitely michael bay definitely studied tony scott for sure which is probably why i like both of them so much because they have so much in common so um Yeah, I I decided to drop that in there because I was like, how did I bring up Tony Scott this whole time? Uh. (laughs) No, it's
0: cool because I I can bring up some fun Tony Scott trivia. So I'm originally from the Northwest, which is Liverpool, so that's nowhere near where Tony Scott's kind of originally from. But now that I live in the Northeast in Newcastle, so he was born, I believe, either in North Shields or Tynemouth, which is only like a few miles uh, along the coast of the Northeast. And then my local independent cinema, Tyneside Cinema, um, was founded by ridley and tony's uh i believe uh great uncle um in the 1930s Mm -hmm. so there's like a big (laughs) bit of scott dna in like the northeast and stuff um that's i just wanted to bring that's awesome yeah i know find it interesting um and yeah no i mean time-time cinema should put the rock on eventually maybe i'll i'll nag them put the rock on for the summer
1: (laughs) come on play i would i would kill the theater now i would love to see this at like a rep screening i think it would play so well with an audience like um because it's still so much fun it's just a great well-made movie like it's oh man i love it (laughs) it's so good
0: yeah it's beautiful it's a beautiful time well thank you very much matt for joining me uh i don't know if you have any other rock thoughts to, <laughs> to share before we we wrap this one up
1: no just it's awesome if you have gonna watch it in a while watch it again i promise it'll hold up it maybe played better than it did years ago when you saw it um yeah no it's great i don't even i can hardly even express how much i love this movie and how great i think it is um but yeah, it's fantastic. I really enjoyed it. And thank you again for having me. I'm so excited to be on this show. I want, I'll i tell you a secret. I wanted to be on for a while. So I was so happy when you invited me. I was like, yes! It was like...
0: <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, honestly. It's been great to talk to. And I feel like it's its always good when I am on these podcasts. I'm like, I'm grinning because I've had such a great time having a chat. <laughs> like, it's been a really fun, excited talk about a, a beloved dad movie. So thank you so much for sharing that positive energy here is Very much appreciated. Before we go, um, where can everyone find you and the Film Feast podcast?
1: Oh, yeah. so Film Feast podcast should be on every podcasting app at this point. I think we're we're covered. Uh, New episodes come out uh, almost every Monday. Uh, Sometimes take a week off here and there, but uh, every Monday, new episodes. Uh, You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Film Feast Pod. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Apple 87 You can follow me and the podcast on Instagram uh, at Film Feast, all one word.
0: Perfect. Cool. Well, again, yeah, thank you so much for joining me. I've had such a great time. And <laughs> um, before we go, I want to give a quick shout out to our patrons. Thank you so much to Thomas Mulgrew, Chris Darby, Shaka, Josh Brown, and George Jackson. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. It means well. If you want to go over there, you can go to patreon.com we are We Love Dad Movies there. Um, really appreciate the support. Uh, you can also follow, obviously, the podcast on Twitter at Wheel of Dad Movies. You can follow me on Twitter at Ewan Ruins Things. I'm also on Letterboxd, where you can find my different tiny film takes. And yeah, I think that just about covers everything. Uh, thank you so much again, Matt um gotta thank you a thousand times because i've just had a great time this is a great this has been a great way to end my saturday um and yeah and i'm I'm gonna leave my own personal rock now because this room is turning into a sweaty shower i'm about to be massacred by ed harris
1: yeah get out of there before he uh they shoot down on you it's (laughs) you'll have an advantage
0: (laughs) i will give that order (laughs)